0: to we Are DB. i'm danielle joined by Brunton. hello hello thanks for joining us for our honorable mention episode this month uh, as we take the opportunity to talk about a great film that just missed out on being on the imdb's list of the best movies of all time this month rated at 8.0 on the internet movie database by millions of film lovers from around the world is planet of the apes Released in 1968, starring Charleston Heston as the lead, Planet of the Apes is a science fiction film set on a mysterious planet in the year 3978. I didn't realize it was that far in the future. Yeah. Based on the 1963 short story by Pierre Boulle called La Planète des Singes. The film is written for the screen by Michael Wilson and Rod Serling and is directed by Academy Award-winning director Franklin J. Schaffner. This is the first installment of the Planet of the Apes series, which consisted of five original films from 1968 to 1973, a television series, an animated series, a series of comic books, and a remake movie and reboot series of currently three films.
1: So quite a bit, and this is the first one.
0: I was going to say, that's a lot of apes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. That was quite a running joke for quite a while there that they were just running this series into the ground.
0: Mm. I want to make a note that La Planète des Singes is actually the planet of the monkeys, as far as yeah. I know. Like, I don't know that Singe actually translates adequately to apes. Do they so have a
1: series of different words for apes and chimpanzees and things?
0: They probably do. Um, yeah. It's just that I thought monkeys were a type of ape.
1: I don't think so, because monkeys have
0: tails. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying, because these were apes. You know, gorillas, chimpanzees, orangutans are apes. Monkeys, as far as I know, aren't apes. So that's kind of changing the- A little
1: bit. From what I've read about that original novel, Mm -hmm. it didn't sound like a good storyline, and they changed quite a bit of it. Like, it's loosely based on that storyline.
0: It's a planet full of ape-like things, and they changed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of the things weren't the same.
0: And that's the only original thread.
1: No, there was there was the idea that, that it was several thousand years in the future and these spaceships landed on the planet and they realized that it was a planet of the apes, but it wasn't really what you saw there. And from what I read, it was kind of like, I don't know, sometimes it was better and sometimes it was worse mm. from what they took from the original material. And also, interesting note, Rod Serling, who wrote this also worked on It's a Wonderful Life from 1946, uh, which we had an episode release about four days ago. I'd recommend go listening to that if you like old classic films. It's a Wonderful Life is a very good one.
0: Yeah. I want to establish when we are getting into spoilers because I think this is one where it's pretty spoiler heavy.
1: I kind of just want to start this off with the blanket spoiler warning that you know what happens at the end of this. I mean, it's it's an over 50-year movie, and this is one of yeah. those spoilers where it's like Darth Vader's Luke's father. Like, everyone knows it. I was so I surprised that I kept this spoiler from you. Yeah. So th- this is your spoiler warning. We continue yeah. right now.
0: No spoiler-free. Sorry, but, like, okay. And can I just say, like, wh- what's the statute of
1: limitations when it comes to movie spoilers? There was um... someone on Instagram... That I was following on the We are DB Film Podcast Instagram, yeah. who in the post without even reading anything, just looking at it, it completely spoiled what happened in Avengers Endgame, and I commented and I said, "Spoilers! What are you doing?" And he said, "Well, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, then it's really your own fault." And I'm like, "That movie's been out for two months.
0: Like, that's is the limitations
1: yeah. really expired on a movie like Endgame? Not Especially really. Such like, big spoilers." I'm I'm just gonna go on a tangent here, like r- I'm real quick. Mm. Whenever I go to the movies, there is this—it's like an insurance ad or a superannuation or something. Yep. That just posts a bunch of spoilers for the next thirty seconds. I'm gonna spoil like Fight Club and, and Empire Strikes Back uh, and Harry Potter. So just the spoiler warning. Mm. Um, there's this there's this commercial that comes on during the trailers, and it's just like. Edward Norton was Tyler Durden all along, and Snape kills Dumbledore, you Yikes. know, and Darth Vader is Luke's father, you know, and then it flashes up that it was Earth all along in the Planet of the Apes, and then at the end, the tagline is like, "Let movies surprise you, not life or life insurance or some shit." And I'm just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you? What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> like it, it flashes yeah. up like seven different massive movies and their spoilers just so that it can get a fucking gag at the end. Fuck yeah. you. Like, that pisses me off. I've seen it a handful of times, and I don't go to the movies that often, maybe once a month. And I just think, those sort of things aren't really up for grabs. Like, you just ruined Fight Club. Fight Club has a great yeah. twist ending. I didn't it know leads it. up to it. Like, I don't want to go into Fight Club, having never seen it, knowing what the ending is. Fuck you.
0: Absolutely.
1: I don't know. I just feel like... People are way too casual when it comes to spoilers on these things, and you can never make the assumption that people have seen it. Yes, I know that Fire Club is 20 years old, but we could have people listening to this who are younger than that. Exactly. And I think that's unfair to anyone who really, truly wants to get into a movie completely raw and experience it the way that it was meant to be experienced in the first place. Endgame has already been spoiled for you, and we're watching through the MCU again so that we can do an episode on it. And- You're watching the, like, we're going through the Iron Man movies and the Captain America movies, and you're just watching them being like, well, I already know what happens now. This sucks. Like. Yeah. I'm really sorry that that was spoiled for you. That was in a fucking news headline. Yep. It's just like, here's the spoilers for Endgame in the fucking headline. Like, you Googled the actor, and it popped up as a trending article. Yeah. You weren't even looking for Endgame or Endgame news or anything, and it's just like. People are way too casual, and it pisses me off. Mm. Um, I'm very glad that a movie as old as this, with a twist ending like this, was uh, was kept innocent and pure. I was very surprised that I managed to keep this spoiler from you. What what did you think about the ending?
0: It cleared up a lot of questions I had because, so the fact that you know, I was watching through this and I was seeing what was happening. Like, if this was Earth. Surely there would be a historical record. Like, how is it that they're doing exactly the same thing that humans do now in terms of looking at archaeological record? So first off, you know, learning that it the planet of the apes is Earth. We're on Earth still. They go around for a bunch of years in space. And they land back on Earth. Ta da! <laughs>
1: well, because essentially their their spaceship was programmed to come back to Earth, and they thought it malfunctioned when it didn't take them back to Earth, quote unquote. But it was right all along.
0: So why did why were they in space at all?
1: I didn't understand the premise of that. Um, I believe the the storyline in the novel, at least, was that they were meant to be scouting out a planet um, near Betelgeuse, the gas giant in Orion, Um, and they do mention that they were they think that they're in on a planet in the constellation of Orion. Um, Yeah. But I don't really remember. I think. They mentioned something about wanting to re find another habitable planet and repopulate, or something like that.
0: Yeah, because the female crew member who died, uh, she had what what a role your your face is there. You're not even awake. She's yeah. asleep, and then the she's the main dead. female okay. character
1: is like dead in like the first three minutes.
0: Yeah, um, she was supposed to be the the new Eve, right?
1: I think so. I think they just tacked that in there because it wasn't. Okay. It was just like. We have to put these, these astronauts in space for some reason, going out to find a planet. Yeah. Um. And the thing is that they were traveling close to the speed of light, which, going off the theory of relativity, changes the way time affects things. Yes. So you see right at the beginning, they've been in space for about six months, but 700 years has gone by... Earth time. And Earth time, Yes. Yeah. Uh, It's just the way that it's affected. So, by the time they get back, they've only aged 18 months, but over 2,000 years has gone past, and that's essentially the, the premise. Yeah. So, there was quite a lot of little inconsistencies and things that you were picking up on, just being like, as if, like, there's no way you could do that, but you're saying this whole earth twist at the end fixes some of those?
0: Some of them.
1: I think definitely the fact that they're speaking English is a bit, okay, but I'll excuse it
0: because it's a movie. That's the thing is, I'm like, as if, I said, right? Before I knew that this was Earth, I was like, as if they're going to land in some faraway planet that happens to be at like the exact same like stage of development in terms of culture and language and everything. And they're speaking fucking English. Like, that's so coincidental.
1: Well, I was even thinking about. The distance away it is from its respective sun, it's got water, it's got air to breathe, it's got the same gravity. I was thinking more of those things the first time I saw it, because I've seen this three times. I should probably mention that I have seen this a few times. (laughs) Okay.
0: Like, that to me was kind of inconsequential, the fact that it's okay, because it's like the likelihood that elements and all that exist in a similar way that we could respond to, like, that makes a little bit, like... Scientific probability makes does make a little sense. bit more es- sense to me.
1: Especially since they were aiming for a planet with the similar life forms and things and, and characteristics Exactly. Of
0: I'm like, they would be tracking that. They would know where those are at this point if they're setting an expedition to it. Like, that makes sense. But I'm like, fuck you, they don't speak fucking English.
1: That, that one you know is, is what the one I mean? thing, and I think it's forgivable because you wouldn't have a movie, it really.
0: Is. It is. But I thought there was even going to be some sort of, like interpretation and learning native language. No, they just spoke English right from the get-go. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. (laughs) Um, But the fact that it is Earth makes a little bit more sense. Also, is the premise that they're going backwards? Like they're devolving?
1: No, I don't think so. Because why why would you say that?
0: Are we devolving back into monkeys or is it that humans, humans have become unable to speak and apes have... Further evolved. Apes have
1: evolved, yeah. It, it, they're, okay. Everyone's still evolving. I don't remember the reason for why humans can't speak exactly. It's not a biological thing. It's a it's a neurological thing. Okay. um And I don't think that's explained there, but I don't think anyone's devolving. I think you're pulling that from at the end of the movie where he's talking about going back in time is the more civilized society. Yeah. Is that right?
0: I think so, because I'm looking. I was looking at it and I'm like, well... These apes are of similar intelligence and cultural standing as humans, but there's there's inconsistencies there. So they're advanced in science, but they're like so primitive in architecture. Like I'm really looking into this like with with a fine-tooth comb.
1: Yeah, but I think that's depicted really quite well. Okay. I th- I think that that's that's reflective of like say the Middle Ages. They didn't they didn't have a very good understanding of science. Or do you think they did because they were doing like Well, they did, they were doing lobotomies, (sighs) Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's just because it, it doesn't line up with exactly how things worked in our culture and our history doesn't mean that another race after us would have it in the exact same order.
0: Fair enough. I'm just thinking like I was looking at it and to me it seemed like certain things... It seems to me like throughout history, and I hear what you're saying... Certain things progress at similar speeds, and it just looked like they were way ahead in some places and way behind in others. So it also makes more sense now. because I, I was think like, that was a
1: matter of perspective.
0: Yeah. What is with this focus on religion? I mean, it was meant to be mirroring society, right? Because they're yeah. using religion to mask a history that they don't want society to know about, right?
1: Why would you say that? You said, why is there a focus on religion when literally all of humankind for the last 50,000 years has been on religion? No, I
0: know. I'm looking at... I was looking at it in terms of the movie, and I'm just like, why are they pushing this so much? Oh, because of the history. Like, by the end of the movie, it made more sense. You know what I mean? Yes, I think
1: the point of the movie is highlighting how... It's got a lot to say about how humans treat animals. It's got, like, a lot to say about religion and hiding or falsifying facts. There's a lot on evolution. um, And it's basically just saying how long people were ignoring the truths in order to not be killed or imprisoned. Um, Absolutely. Because all throughout history, you probably have these brilliant people who could clearly see the truth. But if they exposed it, they themselves would be accused of, like, heresy.
0: Galileo literally Uh, sentenced to house arrest for saying that the earth went around the sun. Um, no, absolutely. I was, like I said, I was looking at it very literally because this was one where it presented a lot of themes and a lot of specific details that were very good to analyze very specifically. So like I said, I'm going through it very, very harshly because it put itself in that position. I agree with you. Um, it's definitely, it's a higher concept. You know, it's presenting this alternate reality, right? And it's just, it it t- takes till the end. To pay off. Yeah, to sit back and say, oh, okay. You like it?
1: Yeah, I think it has a lot more to say on the themes and the concepts more than it does grounding it in reality. And I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as you know that going into it.
1: Well, yeah, well, at least you see the end. Um, if you watched, like, all of this except the end or without understanding it, you'd be like, what the fuck am I watching? And you'd then you like, realize this is that. this dumb. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, this is actually quite an interesting reflection on history and science and culture. And I just think it's an interesting story to tell. And I think it's quite an, a unique one.
0: This one made me...
1: Did you enjoy this movie? I didn't even ask you. What do you think of this?
0: Um, this one made me curious to see the reboots. It really okay. did. Because... Like cinematographically it was shit.
1: I'll agree like, with that. The cin- I, did, I I didn't realize the first few times I watched this. The cinematography in this is pretty bad.
0: Like <laughs> even for the 60s like it was bad. Um
1: yeah. those zoom shots, man, that's just like zooms right There's in from like, across a landscape
0: <laughs> like spinny and fucking wiggly camera no tripod and upside down shots for what reason like it's just like what are you yeah, doing? yeah there
1: was a few in there it was meant to make you feel hectic or something but it's like yeah it's like um you can do that without
0: <laughs> making me throw up thanks yeah
1: no definitely when, were, when the ship was crashing in the beginning i'm like this is gonna make me feel sick yeah this movie was actually nominated for two Oscars, including Best Music Score, which I think was a fucking terrible music score, to be honest. Yeah. Um, But it also got an Honorary Academy Award for its contribution to Motion oh, Picture, yeah. which is fair enough, and for Makeup, which I think was very good and deserved. Yeah. Um. So that aside...
0: Did I like it? No. Not really. Like, I didn't mind it. I'm glad I watched it. Okay. But, like, again, not much happened in terms of plot points. It took a long time to hit, like, maybe five key plot points.
1: Yeah, it took, like, at least half an hour before you even see the apes of a two-hour movie. That's a quarter of the way through. It's basically just... It's basically just a story piece just reflecting on those things that we were talking about before. We're talking about culture and science and how these things are interpreted. So I don't think it's meant to be this big fantastical sci-fi movie, um, but it's, like I said, it's relying more on the themes and the concepts than it is on those visuals and the camera angles and things. And I think that's why it's been beloved. Like this story, like I said, with the with the sequels and the reboots and everything, People really took off with this concept and ran with it. Yeah, we, I've seen references for this so much, which is actually why I'm surprised that you were able to be saved from the spoilers.
0: Oh, I'm clueless. We know that.
1: <laughs> um, can I go into more on the sequels and the reboots and talk about things? I
0: just want to talk about the fact that it's based on a short story. I would really like to read that original short story because I think... Of all of everything that they've done with it, I think that will be still the best essence of this story, is the original.
1: I'm I'm usually of that mind as well. I haven't read this short story. I think short stories are adapted into films a hell of a lot better than novels, or series of novels into a single movie, because it's they, just the they right can length. Be. They can yeah. be, yes. They're, the building blocks are there from the beginning more so than, than a novel that you have to cut things out and stuff. Yeah. Because I even think the first Harry Potter plays more like a short story. That's a very small book. So I'm probably one of the only people in, in the world who have actually seen all nine of these films.
0: You're nuts.
1: <laughs> because I've explained before that usually when a sequel or a reboot of a long-running franchise comes out, I like to start from the very beginning and work my way up. So I have context when I watch the sequels and the reboots. So you've That's seen like me. all
0: of the original... Like, yes. everything, Planet of yes. the Apes, all of in between.
1: I haven't seen the TV series, though. I, don't th- I think it only ran for, like, three seasons or so. It was only 40 episodes right or on. something like that. Um, so, <laughs> I quite like it. I-, I love going on these journeys. I really do. Because then yep. I can look back and I can tell you which ones are good, which ones are bad. What are these new references? What are they shouting back to? And I, It gives me a, a well-rounded idea of pop culture.
0: Well, I'll even tell you now, like, go watch it. I didn't like it, but I think you should still watch it.
1: I think you will absolutely enjoy the reboot better because you've seen this now.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious to see, like, a part of it, it? too. Yeah, because a part of it, too, is that storytelling and cinema in the 60s was very different. Like, even the way you convey a story, Mm -hmm. it's going to be better. You know what I mean? They're going to do it from a contemporary perspective, and be able to convey the same story in a different way. And I'm curious to see how they do that. Um, That said, yeah, I agree with you. Context. You need original context. And, like, there's nothing wrong with having an educated opinion on that. Yeah, I saw that and I didn't like it and here's why. Yes,
1: yes. I would would agree with that. Um, So the first one was from 1968- Called Planet of the Apes, with Charlton Heston. The second one... The, okay, so they smashed out five of these in five years. So you Yikes. can't imagine the high quality of these things. <laughs> uh, so the next year, there was Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I'm going to spoil all of these. just Even the reboots, I'm gonna, just going to... Just, everything's on Should the Should I listen? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is fine, okay? All right. Uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes was the sequel to this, direct sequel... And it's probably up there in the top five of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This movie is terrible. People who say that they love the original Planet of the Apes movies are not referring to the second one. Oh, my God. So, the premise basically is there's a second astronaut ship that lands on Earth like a year later after, after Taylor's original ship because he's looking for their first one, this Taylor's ship. Which is complete bullshit because it's like, it's been 2,000 years, you happen to go through the exact same, like, process and time warp to be able to get there one year later. Whatever. Um, so he's going along and they're obviously, uh, on the east coast of America, that's where the stretch of liberty is. Yep. And, uh, I believe, Can like, the Earth... I also Earth... just
0: say, they like, we weren't programmed to land in the water, but Earth changes so it makes sense that they did land in the water. Anyways, yeah, go ahead.
1: I think there's a lot of things in there that do make sense now that you know it's Earth. Yes. Um... The Earth, like, like, cracks open, basically, and Charlton Heston, uh, Taylor, and and um, Nova, they fall in, I believe, and they get captured by... So there are still humans that aren't these primitive beings. They're living in the subways of New York, and they have, like, telepathic powers. So they're, like, this advanced race of humans that are living in the subway, and they're worshipping a nuclear bomb. They have, like, a religion based around this nuclear bomb. Um... And I did, I, the only thing I liked out of it was it was a good depiction of, like, the cool, like, New York subway. The way that, yeah. it, the, the set design, I guess it was. Uh, what would it look like 2,000 years later underground? So it's, like, kind of this this desert scene above and then you go underneath and it's, like, some of it's still intact.
0: I'm uh, picturing, like, Mad Max.
1: I guess, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's a fucking bullshit movie and I, I hated well, it.
0: Well, again, like, all I'm picking out of that is that
1: It didn't really have anything to do with apes.
0: I know, high concept, like, we've destroyed the Earth because of our, like, obsession with nuclear war. Essentially, yeah, that was kind of the
1: point that the first one was getting at, is that we were destroyed by nuclear war. So at the end of this, they end up actually activating the nuclear bomb that they're worshipping and blow up the entire planet into crumbs.
0: But then how are there any more?
1: Exactly. So, the next one, the third one, is called Escape from the Planet of the Apes. And it is Zira and uh, Cornelius, the two scientists from the first one, apparently they were able to leave the planet of the apes in Taylor's spaceship that they'd fished out of the water before the planet was exploded in the last one, and somehow, in a time warp, they went back to 1973. In Washington oh, no. DC, <laughs> I know, right? Um, and they had a they had a kid called Milo. Um, and it's, so
0: they're talking monkeys who go back to 1973.
1: Yes, and they landed in, right. in a spaceship, and you've got Zero and Cornelius in the 70s of of Washington DC, and they interact with the scientists there. It's kind of like a reverse role sort of thing. Essentially, by the end of that movie, um, Zero and Cornelius are dead. They get shot by scientists, I believe it is, um, and Milo which gets renamed Caesar, he leads on from that point forward. The th- The fourth one was Conquest of the Battle of the Apes. That's basically just telling the story as to how apes were able to even overrun the planet in the first place, which their understanding, what they depicted there was um, humans used apes as slaves and pets until apes got sick of it and they revolted and they grouped into these societies and they managed to overthrow the the planet. I watched all of these. <laughs> Look on your face.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, this sounds so Animal Farm. I'm like, this sounds like the most shittest thing I've ever heard about it in was my big. life. I'm like, I'm not watching that.
1: No, you're not. No, you're not.
0: I'm not watching any of it. <laughs>
1: um, And the the fifth one was Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, And it's basically, this is kind of like leading up to the beginning of the first one. Where it's just like setting up this this hierarchy of apes and uh, humans, and Caesar Cornelius's son is leading the revolt, and I believe he has a son as well, which is Cornelius as well. Um, so it's like three generations of apes. So yeah, wait, wait, wait. The-
0: so apes overrun the planet because apes from the future come back and have a kid who leads the ape revolt. Which leads to his parents being born. I
1: could be wrong in that. But if I'm right, that is, I understand the paradox in that. (sighs) (laughs) I I could be wrong. I can't remember. It hasn't been a few years. Um, It was when the second reboot came out that I'm like, I I actually really love the second reboot. So I'm like, I kind of want some context now. And that's when I went back, which I think was 2014 or 2015. So it wasn't too long ago.
0: So you watched through all of them after.
1: I watched through all of them within a week, all nine of them.
0: After watching the first two reboots. Yeah. Okay.
1: Actually the ninth one hadn't come out yet, so it was only eight at that time.
0: I quite liked
1: Battle. The very the fifth one, I think the fifth one was the second best out of the five. Conquest was then the next one. I quite liked Conquest and Battle more than more than the premise that I'm giving. Uh yeah. Beneath is definitely the worst, and Escape is the second worst. And then you get to The 2001 remake from Tim Burton that has actually... I know, right? It has Charlton Heston in there as playing an old ape as like a homage or whatever to the original. I think Linda Harrison, who plays Nova, she's also got a cameo in there. I was going to say,
0: you can't see it, but I just did a massive eye roll.
1: You could probably hear it, though. (laughs) Oh
0: God.
1: I could hear your eye roll. Um, Yeah, yeah, just Tim Burton has remakes. I've spoken about it before. This movie is garbage. Um, it's probably the second worst out of the whole series, Beneath being the first one. It's still fucking bad, though. Like, Mark Wahlberg is the main guy. It doesn't follow along with any of the storyline, really. Um, yeah. Anyway, so there was a remake. Um, and then we come to the reboot trilogy, which currently only has three. And that starts off called Rise of the Planet of the Apes is the first one. And that's basically... The story of these apes that basically they're doing testing on them to enhance their their brain capabilities, their brain functionality, which makes a hell of a lot more sense than, like, let's have apes as pets and slaves, and then they overthrow it. It's like, no, we were doing testing on them. That's why they're brilliant.
0: So they're kind of going back and redoing the, I want to say, origin story. Yes, Okay. They're setting
1: it up. It's not like, okay. let's just skip to the Planet of the Apes.
0: They're not going on and on with this forever, are they? No. Okay, so they're going back and kind of revamping it. So the it first
1: one starts in modern times. Makes a times. Little more sense. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then the second one is, is called Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and it's kind of them establishing their colonies and things. And the third one is called War for the Planet of the Apes. And at the end of that movie, you see the apes go off into the desert to colonize and, and build a city out in the desert. So that's basically setting up. Like, it's basically a prequel trilogy. I think this Planet of the Apes reboot trilogy is one of the best examples of a reboot, remake, sequel that I have ever seen. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think what else we might be in that discussion. Maybe the Star Trek movies, the new ones. They're really good.
0: They were really good.
1: Um, Maybe Christopher Nolan's Batmans. But apart from that, like, I I really quite like the new uh, Planet of the Apes movies. I think it's done very well. And there's quite a lot of references in there that you wouldn't, pick up on unless you'd seen the originals
0: this discussion makes me curious to see all the originals but i also don't want to sit through like 12 hours of hot garbage just just listen
1: to what i just said that's why i did it for the audience just to save you having to watch it um yeah it's just more for the background just read a plot line on the imdb or something if you're interested but don't or watch a recap or something uh so i just wanted to reference just real quick um andy circus plays the main Monkey from the, the, the yep. Reboot Trilogy, um, and his character's name is Caesar, yep. who is also the character, obviously, who started it from the originals, and that's why he gets his name. In the very yep. first one, um, Caesar's mum, who she was the one who was doing the testing on, they were doing the, these testing on, um, they call her Bright Eyes, which is what uh, Zira's, Zira calls uh, Taylor- Charlton Heston's character in this and that's what that's a reference to. In the third one, War for the Planet of the Apes, there is a a mute girl because you're starting to see humans not being able to talk in that third one Mm -hmm. Um, and she finds a nameplate for a Chevy Nova uh, Mm -hmm. so they just call her Nova which again is a reference to the first one. Uh, A lot of people Mm -hmm. probably didn't pick up on that one unless you'd seen the original Um, Oh and then the very first one, I'm gonna, real quick spoilers, uh, there is a point where Caesar it's, it's very well done he basically talks for the first time in the same sense that Taylor talks for the first time in this original Planet of the Apes movie and I think it's okay. it's awesome. The first time that you see Taylor talk for the first time after being injured in Planet of the Apes I think it's great and it's got that, that iconic line is like get your hands off me you damn dirty ape um, and I think that's that's actually quite an awesome, awesome scene I'm like oh shit mm-hmm. you know uh, and there's a very similar scene to that in the first one. So there's quite a few things and they play homage. I think it it's quite a respectful reboot. And they're probably also going to do more sequels, um, especially now that 20th Century Fox is a Disney property and Disney's not exactly one to let a franchise die or whatever.
0: Yeah. Going back to that first instance, the whole time I was watching this, I'm like... Dude, there's so many ways you could communicate non-verbally than by, like, trying to strangle the fucking cue cards and I pen off I feel author. like
1: they were trying to depict that he was trying and trying, and I, I think that's well, they just didn't passed do it off very well. 1960s sci-fi movies, um, because he was trying to write in the sand. And-
0: just sign, like, gesturing without doing any kind of signing. I'm like, just wiggle your finger in the air like a pen. Yeah, so you maybe. want the pen, like... I don't know. I was just very frustrated with how that was depicted because I'm like, again, there are ways you could get attention and show that you're intelligent. Yeah. But you chose not to.
1: I think going back to the way that these apes are depicted in Planet of the Apes, I think the clothing and architecture and the culture of the apes, it's good design. Like, it feels unique. You know, um, Mm. you've got these apes segregated by their colour of their uniform into, like, apes and chimpanzees and and orangutans. You've got this hierarchy there. I think the clothing doesn't look like anything that I've seen before. The markings on them... It feels like some sort of ancient civilization, I guess.
0: So, you know how they kind of had emblems on their shirts? And it was kind of... They were present around the buildings and things, too. So, the buildings reminded me of the Flintstones a little bit. (laughs) Yeah but the emblems on the clothing looked like ancient aztec or mayan yep so i'm with you there like to take inspiration from that would be like subconsciously pointing you back to that kind of direction which is very old um so i can see why they would have made a choice about yep. infusing that kind of influence into the clothing
1: which Weren't the Aztecs and the Mayans quite a, an advanced civilization in the sense yes. of, like, science and things? Um, science,
0: math, astronomy, yeah.
1: Astronomy, definitely. Um, yeah. But then they were also living primitive, quote-unquote, in our eyes. So, you saying that I don't think that this culture would be this way, and I'm like, well, look at the Aztecs and the Mayans.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I was actually very excited to talk about this one because I quite like it. I think it has a lot to actually say in It's in in its meanings. And I wanted to talk about a breakdown of the series which I did going through the, yeah. the the sequels and things to help people understand that backstory.
0: I like what it had to say. It just didn't say it very well. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? No, I would that's, understand that's that. That's all I have to
1: See, think. this is the kind of scenario where it's like I'll I th- I think that a remake or a reboot is a good idea, you know? Like that's mm. That's not a bad idea. Um, yeah, it's when there's a series that's like you hadn't you didn't do this just the right way, or it was it was forgotten or something.
0: Yeah, this you had a really good premise to build on. Yeah, and based on what you've said, they've done it in a really cool way, a really interesting way.
1: We'll get to it eventually.
0: Too bad though that like right from the word go, so the second movie, you know, you know exactly what's ultimately going to happen. You know, yeah, kaboom.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really quite liked that reveal at the end. I think it was it was really quite brilliant because that was definitely an aha moment for you, wasn't it? You were like, oh shit, like that actually changes quite a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah.
1: Also, with that ending, he gets down on his knees. I've seen the clip before ever watching it, mm. and he says, "Damn you, you you blew it up." And I always thought watching that without seeing the movie that he was referring to the planet or New York. You know, they they blew it up and they destroyed civilization, you idiots. Yep. But once I watched the movie, I'm like, oh, he's talking about the evidence in the cave. You blew up the evidence to show that this was Earth all along. I don't know. Um, I don't know. because they were trying to hide the actual history there, so they're going to go back to their civilization and and keep g- going on with their day to day lives. Yeah. Um, and I just think that changes quite a lot once mm. you actually see what the scene just before that, when they blew up the cave, and he's going down the beach. That's what I interpreted from that whole "you blew it up" line. Mm. And I love the use of the Statue of Liberty because yeah. that's a symbol of our culture like how could you possibly have another culture that that has recreated this statue exactly and yeah. i think it might survive the testament of time 2000 years um it's obviously yeah. dinged up and and sunken into the sand at this point but i think that's a good symbol to make that reveal yeah what are the things that are man made that represent us as people as as a culture that might stand the test of time
0: like as we are contemporarily now
1: no, just like, what what is it that humans have done that our replacements might see long after we're gone? And I was thinking about maybe Mount Rushmore? Because there's these faces carved into the actual mountain. Yeah. That's not going well, away in a hurry.
0: Because <laughs> we've got a lot of man-made things that have stood that amount of time, like the pyramids or Aztec and Mayan ruins in Mexico. Those are all well over 2,000 years old.
1: Yes in order to make that reveal at the end, you needed a symbol that would last for a long time and it had to represent humans and it couldn't be replicated and people know exactly what it is at once and I think there's very few artifacts that you could have possibly used and I think the Statue of Liberty is a great choice.
0: Yeah, no, it's good.
1: And to think that this movie came out before this whole, like, space race thing, like, no one had landed on the moon when this movie came out.
0: Hadn't they?
1: No, it was this sixty-eight. Was it was the year before. Oh, not the first one.
0: Oh, Okay, all right.
1: And I kind of liked how the masks were quite emotive. I just wanted to say that you would be—you su- yeah. think that you'd be restricted by the masks with their emotive they abilities. Were quite,
0: they were quite—they were quite emotive. Like you could yeah. see, there was not a lot of word-forming capabilities. It kind of looked like a sock puppet in that way. Yeah. But you do a lot of emotional conversation with your eyes, and that was definitely. Considered in that costume design, it was relayed very well. And I like too how there was a point there when she put him and Nova in the back of that cart and said, Most apes see all humans as looking the same. Mm. And they made a point of making each character actually very identifiable. So you had the three orangutans sitting on the council there. And they all looked very different because they were three different people playing three different characters who happened to be orangutans, but they all had like different shaped eyes and some had different hair and some had. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they made a point of making sure that personality was conveyed. So I thought that was interesting.
1: Okay. I, um,. I think it is a goofy, dumb ape movie, and I told you that going into it, just to give you a warning, Uh, but I I think it it has actually quite a lot to say, and I quite like the themes that are running through it, and I think the reboots explain everything excellently, so I'd recommend going and see those reboots. This movie is definitely great for understanding pop culture and and where we've come from. I was going
0: to say, go see this one to get your pop culture reference fix. Um, It was silly, but yeah, it'll do that for you. Yeah, it was okay. It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like it. Um, That's okay.
1: That's okay. I like it. No, it
0: is fine. Well, like I say, I would still recommend people go see it. There are movies where, you know, I'd sit down and watch them and I'd be like, well, I'll never get those two hours of my life back. And this is not one of those movies. Like, just because I didn't like this movie doesn't mean that you shouldn't watch this movie. It was still an important movie.
1: Did you have high hopes going into it, or did you have realistic hopes?
0: I had higher hopes. Okay. I was surprised at how poor quality the filmmaking was. Okay, yeah. Because I have seen a lot from this period, and I'm like, you could do better than that.
1: Yeah. I think if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, then you'd have a pretty good picture as to what to expect. Your hopes are low enough that when you do go see it, you'd be like, oh, that's not actually that bad. Yeah. I think, like, you've got you get to find that balance there. So. Yeah, yeah. So, next month's Honourable Mention will be Apocalypto, that Mel Gibson movie from 2006. I think it's, it's very underrated, and maybe a lot of people listening to this haven't heard of that, and I think it deserves some sort of discussion. I think it's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. Apocalypto.
0: We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, check us out on all the socials, and comment on SoundCloud. And until next week, thanks for listening.
1: Get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape!